הרי אני מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שבדורנו וכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שוכני עפר קדוש המשבארץ המה ובפחת לרבנו הקדוש צדיק יסוד עולם נחל נובע מקור חוכמה רבנו נחמן פגי מצמחה נא נחמן 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 אומן זכותם תגן עלינו והכל יסר אמן בעזרת השם today we're going to do three lessons I'm not mistaken or two lessons two lessons starting with תורה קוף צדיק תורה 190 רבנו brings a verse from שמות or a few verses from שמות Chapter 19. And all the nation answered together by Umru and they said, All that which Hashem has said, we will do. And Moshe returned or brought back the words of the nation to God. And God said to Moshe, Behold, I am coming to you. In the thickness of the cloud, so that the nation shall listen um, when I'm speaking to you. At, or the nation shall listen as I'm speaking to you. Also um, within you, etc. etc. And Moshe said these. Um, and, Hashem's, and Moshe, sorry said the words of the nation uh, to God, and he told that which the nation said back to Hashem, etc. Okay. Rabbeinu tells us it's very surprising, and it's a very big pele, it's a very big wonder. Because what was the second reply of the nation? That upon this reply it said, that Moshe um told Hashem about the words of the nation. We just read this idea that Moshe went back to Hashem telling the first time, telling uh, Hashem that the nation was ready to accept that which God has said. But the second time Moshe goes back to and tells Hashem the words of the nation, it didn't say what the nation said over there. Because we see in the verse, that we can't find any response or reply of these words that the nation responded a second time um, after the first response. We don't see the second response. <coughs> All that which was said. Um, so why say again? Because we see that Moshe told Hashem all that which the, the nation said, etc. But what about the second time? Why did Moshe go back? And what was he telling Moshe? What, what was Moshe telling Hashem about what the nation said? What did they say? Um, so why say again, As we just explained. Arda, however, no. That Israel demurred. Um, and they said about that which Moshe um, told them about accepting the Torah. Anuhem, what did they say? What did the nation respond when Moshe told, uh, told Am Yisrael um, um, about accepting the Torah? What did they respond? As we just saw in the verse, All that which Hashem has said, we will do. Meaning to say what? All that which Hashem will say, we're obligated to do. We're forced to do because by the fact that the word, this word came out from Hashem to do this commandment, for example, 
Behold, there's no free will anymore. We are compelled in our actions. We are forced to act. All that which Hashem has said we will do. It's certain. That's what Amisra was telling Moshe Rabbeinu. That by the mere fact that God told us to do this, the mitzvah in itself, or to do this, etc., we have no free will. Because it came from the mouth of God. We literally saw Hashem say it. So, why would we have any, why would we go against God's will? So, there's no, there's no free will in the action. We have to do it. Because there's no free will not to do. By the mere fact that this word emerged from the mouth of God. So, all the commandments, all the Torah, we are forced to do because we literally saw God say it. And this is why immediately it says after this in the verse, that Moshe brought back the words of the nation to God. He brought these words of Am Yisrael, this claim back to Hashem. That Moshe returned this claim of Am Yisrael back to God. So what did Hashem respond to Moshe, to this claim? That what? Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu, Behold, I am coming to you, Daika specifically. You, Moshe Rabbeinu specifically. So that the nation shall listen as I am speaking to you, Daika. Specifically, you. Meaning, it's all with regard to Moshe. Meaning that when I say the Ten Commandments, when I say these commandments, it's going to be specifically only to you, Moshe Rabbeinu. When I say these commandments, I'm only going to be saying them with you. With regard to all the Ten Commandments of I am Hashem your God, of you shouldn't have any other gods, and etc. etc. with all the with regard to all the rest of the commandments. I won't be saying these commandments directly to Israel. They are going to listen passively as I am speaking to you. And through this they will have the strength or the power of free will to exercise as, according to their will, according to their desire. And upon this it says, that Moshe um, told the words of the nation to Hashem. Meaning that Moshe then he came back to Hashem with the same claim that Am Yisrael came to Moshe Rabbeinu with in the first place about the idea of free will. Meaning that which Am Yisrael claimed to Moshe Rabbeinu the first time around, saying that if God says it literally to us, then we have no free will, because how can we have any free will or exercise any free will when God is speaking to us, that we have to do everything He says, because He's literally telling it to us. He's right in front of us. So Moshe Rabbeinu went back with the words of the nation to Hashem. Meaning what? That now Moshe Rabbeinu has a problem. What's the problem? Because this question of free will applies to Moshe now. Why? Because Moshe is listening to God. So where does Moshe's free will come into play? So now Moshe comes back with the same claim of Am Yisrael, but with regard to himself. Because you established um, for Am Yisrael that they should have free will by the fact that they aren't speak that you aren't speaking to them, but rather through me. But you didn't establish free will through me. Because now that you're speaking to me, I don't have free will. Because of the fact that you're speaking to me. And this is what I said by again Moshe This is why it said Moshe told the word of the nation to God. Meaning what the same claim of Am Yisrael, he went to Hashem and said it about himself. 
הנאמה שדיברה העם לטענות אכילה טענו עתה אל השם, and we just explain, כי מה תהיה עליי, because what will be with me, משה רבנו was telling God, כאילו יהיה לי בחירה, because I have no free will. השיבו השם, so השם responded, ויאמר השם למשה, לך אל העם וקידשתם היום ומחר. השם told משה רבנו, go down to the, go to the nation and sanctify them today and tomorrow. ולא ציווה לו השם ידבר רק שני ימים, אבל השם only command על משה רבנו that עם ישראל should be sanctified and be holy for two days. ומשה הסיף יום אחד מדעתו במשה, added an extra day according to his knowledge. וכיוון לדעת הקדוש ברוך הוא, and he was in tune with God's dot, because God wanted משה לדעות את זה, כי כן הייתה דעתו ידבר, because this was Hashem's wisdom. כי משה באמת לא נדעת הוראת שלושה ימים, because the truth is that the Torah was only given three days later. ובזה התעלו בחיית משה לקבל את התורה או שלא לקבל. And this extra day was where משה's free will was dependent upon, whether to receive the Torah or not to. כי לא היה אפשר לקבל את התורה רק אחרי שלושה ימים כמו שהיה באמת. בגלל משה was only able to accept the Torah, was only possible for him to accept the Torah, only after three days, as it was genuinely, truthfully. אם לא היה מוסיף יום אחד, but if משה did not add an extra day, לא היה מקבל את התורה, he would not have received the Torah. Why? והשם ידבר לו אמר לו רק שני ימים, because Hashem only commanded him two days to sanctify the nation. והוא היה מביא מתנו ואחר לו לקבל את התורה והוסיף יום אחד. ומשה actually decided to accept the Torah. Through his own free will by adding an extra day. This is why he understood what Hashem's desire was. This is how Moshe accepted the Torah. Because if Moshe only followed God's commandment to do two days, then he wouldn't have been accepting the Torah for himself, only for Am Yisrael. Because Moshe Rabbeinu still needed to act according to his free will. But by adding the extra day, now he had his free will in tune. Now his free will was at play. And this is where the essence of Moshe Rabbeinu's free will takes place by the fact that he added an extra day according to his knowledge. It's an amazing Torah. Rabbeinu explains this idea in Shemot in, uh, with regard to Matan Torah and this most amazing idea about free will. Baruch Hashem. Torah Kuf Tzadik Aleph. Last Torah for today. Da no she'efshar she'yeshev echad etzel chavero b'mekom echad b'gan edem. Know that it's possible that a person will be sitting next to his friend in the same place in Gan Eden. And to one of the people sitting next to each other, one of them will have all the pleasures and all the enjoyments and all the 310 worlds. And his friend right next to him will literally feel nothing. You're going to see. And he will have no pleasure. Rabban was explaining that two people can sit next to each other in the Garden of Eden after this world and yet one person will feel all, all the gifts and one, one person will feel absolutely nothing. And yet they're in the same place. Because Shamaim is to the heights, heaven is to the heights, and the earth is to the depths. And the heart of kings is unfathomable. As it brought down in Mishle, uh, chapter 25. Just like the Chachamim say in the Gemara Shabbat, As it says in the Gemara Shabbat, If all the seas were ink, and all the reeds of the lakes were quills, It would not be enough, It wouldn't be enough to put into writing the hidden matters of the authorities. שנאמר על הצד שמיים לרום, the heaven to the heights, etc. וארץ העומק and the earth to the depths, etc. So it brings this verse with regard to, to us explaining this, sorry, it brings this verse from Mishle with regard to this matter in, Shab, in Gemara Shabbat 
about uh, the hidden matters of the authorities. So we see that what? That the heart of kings is unfathomable. So we see the heart of kings is actually greater than the exaltedness of the heavens and the depths of the earth. Of the earth. That the hearts of these kings occupy. Sorry, that uh, my bad. That the heavens and the earth occupy so much space, and how many thousands and thousands upon thousands of miles, etc., etc., etc. And the heart and the brain, which are very, very small in terms of their space, they actually grab everything. They occupy so much. They occupy everything, encompass everything. Until literally a person can comprehend, or sorry, apprehend every single country and to occupy a picture and grasp in a person's, uh, that a person, a person's heart can grasp and occupy a picture of every single country, of astronomy, of the heavens, and all the more so many, many more things. That the earth, that the heart can contain everything, because the heart of kings is unfathomable. Come and see and understand and comprehend the greatness of the Creator of Hashem. How the minimal holds the many, how the small holds the great. That the small can contain a lot. That a small fragment. Um, of the heart that is so small like this and a brain that's so small can grasp and contain in its small place things that are so awesome. And this is only possible because there's godliness in these places in the heart and the mind. Because we say as we brought in Torah Memtet with regard to the Torah that begins with Etchayim etc. That we know the essence of godliness is in the heart. So because that the heart possesses godliness. The heart can contain so much awesome understanding of things that are beyond, that are so incredible, that take up so much space, and etc., etc., that something so small can fathom something so great. This is only possible because there's godliness within the heart. And now understand and be wise. If in the heart, if in the heart you can find, um, which in the heart, um, that if in the heart you can find there are only aspects of godliness, so to speak. Uh, if in the heart the heart possesses godliness that that isn't even so to speak a portion or one part in many millions of God's providence if the heart possesses a piece of God's godliness that isn't even uh, a drop in, in comparison to God's greatness and His providence that literally you can't even understand the value of the heart that it can contain in such little space, um, that it can contain and grasp about worlds and things that are literally beyond count and are beyond uh, infinite. This stuff like uh, the worlds and the heavens, etc., that you can contemplate things in such a small space. 
And that's only because of one piece of godliness within the heart that isn't even a drop in, uh, in an infinite ocean of, God, of God's greatness. And even about the Goyim, the other nations, it says that the heart of kings is unfathomable. To literally a person apprehends every single country. That even the, the Goyim, even the other nations, they have a heart that can grasp and calibrate in their mind all these countries that are under this person's control. With every single person, with every single person in charge of the country and anything that is found in that country. Imagine what the heart and the mind can contain. And even a goy, all the more so a Jew, all the more so we can, we can, we can infer about God's greatness. Because if the heart can contain such awesome things beyond the space of the heart by millions and millions and trillions, then it, and it, the heart only possesses one piece of godliness. Imagine God as a whole. So now, one must deduce thousands upon thousands of kalvachomers, meaning all the more so a billion times. You can't even begin to understand with your own mind the greatness of the Creator of Hashem. We see that the essential greatness of the king and all his ta'anug, all his pleasure and all his kingship, is only in the heart. That, in, that he knows in his heart that he's king over all these countries and he rules over everyone according to his, the will of his heart and his desire. Now you understand according to yourself. You, will, you can understand on your own. That this person sitting to each next, these people sitting next to each other in Gan Eden, Rabbanu ties a full circle with what we just explained, according to the parable we just brought up. That now you can understand why this person in Gan Eden can have all these three hundred ten worlds in his heart, and all these pleasures, etc. Because the heart can contain things in its small place and its small stature, things that are beyond fathomable and beyond number. And yet he, the heart can still possess all these pleasures and delights. But his friend, even though he's sitting literally right next to him, he cannot feel. He won't feel anything because his heart is rid of all of this. It is rid of all the goodness and all the enjoyments that his friend, who's a tzaddik, has within his heart because all of this is dependent upon whether you're righteous or not. How happy is this person? who has all these worlds, etc., and all these enjoyments within his heart. Because Rabbeinu tells us this, that all the sensations of these pleasures and enjoyments of the world to come, and all the 310 worlds that Sadiq inherits when he leaves this world, all of this is possessed within the heart. All of this is contained within the heart. So imagine God's greatness. If the heart only contains a piece in, a, in many, 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 many millions and infinite amount of godliness if one piece of godliness compared to an infinite amount of Hashem imagine um, um, this parable that Rabbeinu teaches us that two people can be sitting next to each other in Gan Eden and yet one can feel all the can have all the delights in the world and yet another person will feel absolutely nothing why? because the heart can contain so much and this is the awesomeness of Hashem that one drop of godliness within the heart 
can bring us to this understanding and this awesomeness, this contemplation. Because may have the merit to merit these 310 worlds and to follow the righteous path of the Torah and the mitzvot.